0: Welcome back to episode 17 of the Run It Three Ways podcast. This week, the highs and the lows of the sport collide as one host celebrates a big 5k PB, whilst the other receives some upsetting injury news. As well as jumping into the boys' training weeks, we'll be answering some of our listeners' questions, discussing Mo Farah's slowest ever 10k, and finding out how Callum caused an explosion when making some Mediterranean vegetables. Lads, how are we doing?
1: Doing fantastic. Oh, do. Thank you Ben. What
2: an intro. Finally ben. nailed the what intro. A, what an intro. Got a sweat we got on. there. good work. There. Yeah, I'm I'm all good boys. I'm all good. Happy Easter to our listeners who are listening to this not at Easter, but it's Easter for us as we record it. So, hope you had a uh, a good celebration for all It'll the be... for all the religious ones out there. Shout out.
1: It'll be Easter Monday, won't it? When people listen to this.
2: True, yeah, it's a little bank holiday. We should be bloody, yeah, each listener should count for double, shouldn't it? Bank holiday, double pay.
1: Time us so A little bit. I, like ben, you, you've, you've had some good grub. I've just had some raps. I um, have oh, indeed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm recording from a completely new loca- location tonight. Not quite a, a cupboard in Kenya, but Meg's parents uh, study upstairs. So, yeah, it should be an interesting podcast. Not got the usual headphones in, so if I sound a little bit different, that's why. Uh, but I just had a lovely roast dinner bit of a leg of lamb tonight sorry Tom I know you're the, you're the vegan but it was delicious
1: that's all right Ben I won't do you like a bit. bit of lamb actually
0: yeah I think lamb is probably the worst thing to be eating though for um for the old veganism isn't it really let's be honest
1: especially this time of year like you live in the country Ben are you not out on your runs seeing all these cute little lambs being born like yeah you, yeah up to their mums did, did isn't it?
2: did you ever used to watch lambing live on tv anyone but oh yeah, it's thing. a cracking
0: show. That
1: what
2: was... a program that was! Honestly, I used to come in from school. I was addicted to that.
1: For, for people who might not have seen lambing live, my, myself included, can you give us a little synopsis of what... Yeah, so, so it's
2: uh, Imagine country file, but kind of like a special episode, a little bit like how they have Top Gear, but then they have the Top Gear specials when they go and do something wild, right? So that's the, the scene. And then they, oh. they stay on a farm for like a good couple of weeks, months, however, all the way through the lambing season. They've got 24-hour cameras going, so whenever they need to rush down and help a lamb be in the because it can't breathe when it comes out or anything like that. Um, but it's really good. It's it's a good nature program as they go because they're a bit dry sometimes. Nature programs it's a bit boring, but this one was it was exciting. I don't think they make it anymore. I don't. I don't think so.
1: I'll tell you what. I did used to watch. I used to absolutely bloody love Spring Watch with Bill Oddie. Do you remember? Oh that? yeah. Before, bit of bird cam. Yeah, little cameras set up in the bird boxes in the um in the birds' nest. You see like owls being born. That was sensational. Is he did still alive? You- Bill.
2: Deadly, deadly 60, mate. That's what I watched. Yeah, oh, Steve said? Batchel. Steve Batchel. What an animal. Yeah. I bet he's got a good 5K in him, actually.
1: Yeah,
0: he's a Oh, an yeah. Animal. At least, at least yeah. 19, 18 minutes, I reckon. Steve Batchel.
1: I used to watch <laughs> him before school in the morning. That was my go-to.
0: He's, um, he's Meg's celebrity crush, actually, so we better not talk about him too much because, you know, don't want to get Meg too excited when she listens to this on her Monday commute. Well, not this week. Tuesday commute, maybe. Wow, you know what's
2: 80... crazy. What's crazy is the the breadth of our listeners is, just, is so diverse that there'll be people that listen to our podcast that don't actually know what Deadly Sixty was, and there'll be people who are parents who used to put it on for their kids. Do you get what I mean? Like yeah. we have we have such a an age demographic.
1: We'll have unlocked some some core memories that people forgot existed with Bill Oddie and bloody Steve Batchel. I think he's eighty one years old now. By the way, Bill, Bill Oddie's Oddy. eighty one. Wow. Kid on him. He I'm, doesn't I'm, look I'm, seem well at the moment. Am I
2: barking up the wrong tree? I don't want us to get sued or anything, but I want Billy Oddy, Bill Oddie up to some dodgy stuff. I want some allegations. I just want to check I'm talking about the right guy.
1: Was he? I can't no, remember. No, that was Harris, wasn't
2: it? Oh, that's Roel Harris. Ah, they look <laughs> similar. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Bill Oddie's clean as a whistle. Don't you worry about him. He's got an OBE. <laughs> oh, he's probably yeah, right. yeah. Sorry, His I've
0: political just... party is the Green Party as well, so I reckon he's he's probably all right. <laughs>
2: I've just googled <laughs> them both they both they, they look exact same they both look like santa claus yeah got a <laughs> bear jeez I, anyway um yeah so on that note I think we should jump into some running cuz people are probably tuning out what do you think
1: yeah yeah we
0: could do I mean I want to hear what you've been up to on your bank holiday weekend personally
1: yeah should, want- should I go should I go first because um then we can we you can get into some running stuff afterwards cuz this won't take that long I don't think yeah, yeah go go for on Tom. Um, So, uh I've got a diagnosis of this injury at long last. Good news, um, good news. I've got Bill Odie open in a tab and it's really distracting, so I'm going <laughs> to um yeah, so I finally got a diagnosis um and it's what I thought it was all along or what Google was telling me it was all along when I was self-diagnosing myself. Um and for those who aren't aware, I've got a Sacral stress fracture on the right hand side. Um, that sounds so yeah. nasty. Yeah, it's it's not great.
0: What is that in like in English?
1: Uh, and d- dumb it down a bit. So, like your sacrum is around your pelvis type area at the base of your spine. Um, mm. So, basically, long story short, I was meant to have an MRI scan, but I think I mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks ago um, that I had one scheduled for the end of March. Mm-hmm. I had to move that because I was in Manchester for work and wasn't going to be back in time and so on. So I was losing a bit of hope with actually getting like an MRI in the diary and getting like the results turned around anytime soon. Um, but then with a stroke of fortune, to be honest, um, the, the people at Living Room Health, they are on Instagram. Um, we had a bit of back and forth over DMs and they, for some reason, at the kindness of their hearts offered me uh, an mri scan and some other bits and bobs that we'll get into for for free which is wow. yeah i, I can't generous yeah I, I can't overstate how um grateful i am to them for that service to be honest because it's it was remarkable I, I was sending them dms on what day was it um on the tuesday and i got my scan on the thursday got my results on the friday afternoon so it was unbelievable um turnaround in that regard but yeah uh went into london i needed to be in london for an event on a thursday evening anyway so it was convenient that i just popped in um for for a little scan on the thursday afternoon um it's right next to paddington station which is where i get into when i travel from bath to london anyway so super convenient um and yeah i basically just lie there if you've never had an MRI before, you basically lie dead still in this weird spaceship-type machine for about half an hour. I wasn't able to move at all, um, or like the, I think the pictures, the imaging, would be a bit blurry. Um, so that was that was challenging. But was it
0: was it really noisy? Like all these weird noises. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> you're in space or something.
1: Yeah. Do you know what they asked if I wanted some music, uh, and I was like, yeah, go on. Like, bit no, of Kate no, Nash. Go wild. And they were playing some slow jams throughout, like some proper R&B classics going on. But then it was interrupted by, like you say, these whirring noises and proper sci-fi type alien noises. Um, So it was quite unnerving, to be honest. But it was about, obviously, when you go into these environments, like, I don't know about you boys, but I hate hospitals. I hate very, like, uh, clinical settings. They don't make me feel very good. But this was... They got some lovely house plants when you first walk into the reception, and it's it feels right, a lot more. Street. Yeah, it's a lot warmer and more inviting than like going into a and e or going to like your local health clinic. Um, so yeah, that was that. Um,
2: this is this is class, by the way, because obviously they've given you it, given you it to you for free. Sorry, and I just had hmm. a look on the website, and for complete transparency, it says the prices start at two hundred and fifty quid. So like, this is a pretty you know hefty service that they have given for free. Which is, I know, obviously, we're all in a position of um, kind of like privilege in the sense that if very much needed, we would be able to go and get this service. But you've said on the podcast multiple times before, like having to fork out for it would be a bit of a nightmare. Finding the time to do it, having to get a GP referral and be on an NHS waiting list, like how long it is. I literally just had a look and you can do like a self-referral thing. So you fill out a questionnaire and if they think or or whatever the, the criteria is, if you fit the the bill for a um a self-referral then you can just book a same day MRI go and get it in London the very same day obviously you've got to pay you know a decent price Mm. tag for it but that's a pretty good service I think for runners especially if you've got the the budget because how many times have we said like Ben remember that time I was with you in London I convinced myself I had a stress fracture you just want to get it sorted there and then so to be able to have something to just go and do it is is class so yeah shout out to that company actually because um even though they've not paid us to say it. They've sorted you out, Tom. So I think that's quality.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Up.
0: Thanks, Living Room Health, for sorting our Tom out. <laughs> um it's... and even putting some house plants there. Next time you've got to take your watering can and you can even get that get that on for the week.
1: Yeah, fantastic. But it was um yeah, it, it was a great experience overall, to be honest. And uh whilst I was there, they asked if I wanted some blood work done as well. So they offer it's a separate service, but it's like um I didn't delve into the deepest depths of it, but it's basically like a performance orientated uh, blood test. So they took a shitload of blood. To be honest, like six. What do you call? It? Are they vials? Is that what you call them? Like the little yeah, plastic, little
0: tube, tube, test tube things.
1: Yeah, took like about six of those, and I was watching all this blood come out of my arm, thinking, "Flipping it, that's that's a fair whack of of like you know lovely blood that they're removing from me." i um, but I'll be vlogging it, mate well
0: (laughs) tom folan's blood that's on ebay now 50 pounds a test tube make the money back
1: very niche market for that i reckon um but yeah it was like that i wasn't expecting that at all and i should get those results quite soon as well which like i mentioned um being plant-based eating plant-based for the last 10 years or so i've never had blood work done because unless you've got like kidney failure failure or you're dying getting blood tests done you can't just walk to the gp and go um, I'm curious about my iron levels. Can I get some blood work done? Like they'll laugh you out the practice. So to be off of that as well whilst I was there is yeah unbelievable. Uh, cherry on top. I
2: can't wait for these. Have you got the results back yet?
1: No. Well, we yet. should
2: do it. Like I don't know if any any yeah. listeners out there listen to many other podcasts, but if you ever listen to either the Peter Crouch podcast or um, I forget what Ben Foster's podcast called, but any football fans will have listened to these. And they do an episode where they talk through Peter Crouch's uh, contract at Stoke City. And it's oh, like yeah. all the different clauses and stuff like that. So we'll have to do a little reveal when you get your results, as long as, <laughs> as, long as you're willing to share. And you'll have to read. We'll so get, exciting. We'll, we'll guess the percentage levels of your, your vitamin D and your iron <laughs> and then see what supplements they're recommending. I think this could be quite good.
1: Unbelievable content, Matt. Yeah, can't example. wait for next week's
0: update, mate. That's going to be thrilling. <laughs> We'll, um,
2: do, we'll do a poll on the Instagram. Anyone that gets your uh, your levels correct can, can win a prize. <laughs>
0: Guess Tom's life.
1: blood type. Blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. But, yeah, that was Thursday. Um, so I uh, had this hoker event in the evening, stayed over in London and then travelled back to Bath on the Friday to meet up with the beautiful Ben Felton and his charming girlfriend Meg for a bit of lunch. And by the time you left... Uh, I think you left to go to the race at like four-ish, something like that. Mm. Um, I'd already had like the results from this scan, like deposited into my email. And it was a full breakdown of them. It wasn't, I was told when I was looking before about doing self-referrals for MRIs, they would uh, send the results to your GP and then you'd have to go into your GP and they would report the results back to you. Whereas for this, I got like the full report of, you know, I can't remember all of the technical jargon, but it was like your spine looks normal, uh, your left hip looks normal, like you're aligned okay. And it was saying like know this, know that, know that, know that, and then right at the bottom, it just said conclusion: um, sacrum stress fracture of, of the right hand side. Which yeah, obviously confirmed um, the the worst, I suppose.
2: What does of, that? What yeah. does it mean, Tom? For People not medically trained. Like, what are we looking at here? How long have you, can you not run?
0: Yeah, that's what we want to know, really, isn't it? Yeah. How long are you not allowed to know, do weight bearing am... exercises?
2: I'm eyeing up some other hosts already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've got a comment actually, the reply rather, uh, into the Instagram DMs. Is it Tom? Tom Richardson? Is that his name? I uh,
2: potentially is it the guy that just sends hilarious stuff all the time?
1: Yeah, he said. Uh, uh, what did he say? I think he said something along the lines of "cut him loose." We have got no time for passengers on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, he's also the guy that writes in about my grandma's cooking and stuff. He's a le- he's so yeah. funny that guy. What a
0: hero. He's got good um, banter. Maybe we should ask him if him he's available for next week then. <laughs> I, th-
2: I think I did. I think I replied to say we're gonna have to get you on.
1: <laughs> oh, there we go. First guest lined up. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it-, it basically means. General consensus is about twelve weeks for a sacral stress fracture. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But is that what, what the
0: clinic told you, or what Google told you?
1: Just if you look, you know, look across the board and ask people who have had it before, and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. Twelve weeks is about like eight to twelve weeks for a, for an actual stress fracture. Um, but what the good
0: the good news is as well, though you're you say you're five weeks or six weeks into yeah. completely yeah. no running, so hopefully you're well on the way to to recovery but um I suppose if it's showing up on the scan still then obviously you exactly. still need to take a little bit more time
1: yeah and, and saying that what's disappointing like I, I don't want to throw healthcare professionals under the bus because it's impossible for a physio to diagnose a, a bone related injury but I've seen three separate healthcare professionals um who all dismissed bone injury I remember saying on the podcast and I remember saying to like my mum and like people at work, like the good news is it's not bone related. Like I've been told with a fair amount of confidence that it's not a bone related injury. Um, But now five and a half, six weeks on, finding out that it was all along, like I really should have been on crutches for the first couple of weeks. Like I couldn't walk really. I couldn't walk downhill. I couldn't like get out of bed in the morning, put my socks on, tie my shoes up. I should have been on crutches and I should not have been weight bearing at all to like maximize the recovery but I was flying to Germany for work like and doing all this stuff which was yeah probably not ideal and has probably set me back a little bit um so it's been six weeks of no running but I probably didn't do like I got on the bike way too soon um as well rather than just purely resting so it's only really doing absolutely nothing the last couple of weeks which has made any sort of difference um but yeah, the, like you say, Ben, the fact that the scans still showed a stress fracture, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I know people who've had scans which have shown like high signaling of stress responses. So they haven't yeah. got to that stage yet, but it's like a warning sign. So then they rest for two, three, four weeks and then they're absolutely fine and can get back into running. But the fact that six weeks on, it's still saying conclusively stress fracture. Uh, I think I've still probably got like a way to go. To yeah.
2: Yeah, I think there's kind of there's good news and bad news in the sense that the one thing that we've all privately is at least you now know, right? You're not mm-hmm. thinking like, oh, will I ever be, you know, right again? What's wrong with me, kind of thing. You know what the injury is, and therefore, as you start to feel it get better or 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 or, or not get better, for example, like you'll be able to go back and get that checked again. If you see what I mean, it yeah. you're basically gonna have a fracture until you don't, kind of thing um annoyingly it's going to take ages until you can you know start doing some exercise and then until you can run even longer but i guess the good news is it's a pretty common it's a pretty common injury for runners like if you're going to get a stress fracture like a sacral stretch fracture is reasonably common and there's a lot of top runners that have had that injury been out for you know eight nine months from proper training but have come back to the very top level again you know there's runners now that have, that have had that so i guess you've got that positivity of being like Okay, I know I'm injured, but it's not like a, a terminal condition. If you know what I mean, it will definitely heal. It's just a matter of when.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think before we move on, like I don't want to dwell on it too much, and we'll get into your boys' training weeks because you've both had blinders by the looks of it. But like the the amount of people who messaged when I, I just did like that little Instagram story of like it was just a screenshot from the results, and there were so many people who I've spoken to like at length about either them having uh, similar experiences and and so on. Um, And I think uh, Matt Reese, Welsh runner, like we had a good chat. He's come back from two sacral stress fractures before and had very similar experience with physios just beating the shit out of him with their elbows and their thumbs and telling him to run it off and do some glute exercises for weeks before he managed to actually get a scan and a diagnosis. Um, Becky Briggs, I've spoken to her. Obviously she had bilateral sacral stress fractures of both hips, were were battered. Um, So spoken to her a little bit. And again, like just knowing that there's people like that who have come back from that um, is, yeah, massively inspiring, especially the way that Becky responded to it. Like um, she went a little bit quiet on socials, but she was working in the background doing everything she possibly could to get back running as quickly and as safely as possible. And now by all accounts, it looks like she's well on the road to recovery. Um, and doing well. You've got Matt Reese who's running London and looks like he's smashing it in the training. Um, And there's so many other people who were just really nice. Um, I think I'm going to set up a a video call with a a lovely lady called Rose tomorrow who's been working in the NHS for 14 years. She's setting up her own private practice specialising in like bone injuries, like running related bone injuries. Um, And she said like she's more than happy to jump on a video call with me tomorrow and go over like how it happened and, and dive a little bit deeper into it and then try and give me some uh, some advice on how to bounce back from it. So mm-hmm. yeah, immensely grateful for the amount of people that have been uh, so kind really, because they didn't have to, no one has to give up their services. Living room health didn't have to give me this for free. Rose doesn't have to give up her time as a healthcare professional to, to talk to me about my little injury. Um, so yeah, just uh wanted to say that before we before we moved on, really. Very uh very appreciative of everybody who's um yeah, got in contact. God Good bless
2: stuff. Tom. My my thoughts and prayers are with you <laughs> and your leg. And god God bless their NHS as well.
1: Yeah, godspeed. We'll be all right. I think it's like you say, it's nice to have that clarity now. It's nice to know what I've got. Um yeah. there's ups and downs, like uh it's only been a few days since I found out, obviously, but you know at different points during the day i actually feel quite good about it and think you know it's already been six weeks um even if it's another eight weeks until i can start running again like i'll be starting from scratch and i've got the chance to rectify all of the things that i've done wrong over the last few years um and then other times you start it, it gets a bit dark so it's going to be a roller coaster but um i'm i'm riding it at the moment and it's it's going to be okay This is
2: the most cliche thing I'm ever going to say on this podcast, right? But (laughs) the good thing about running, I don't know if anyone thinks about this, is sometimes even if the situation's bad if you've got like a destination of where you want to go it's actually quite nice to understand that it's going to be like a pretty long journey if you know what i mean i think it removes all pressure from a situation whereas like if you have a, a race next week for example you're a bit like oh what can i do between now and then to get ready for this race whereas if your goal race is in nine months time or you're thinking i'm going to do a marathon in whatever time and you have all these weeks ahead of you i think it's quite therapeutic to kind of you know write a list okay this is what i'm going to do or in three weeks i'm going to do this and then on this day is where i'm going to start my first run and, and that kind of thing so I think if you channel it in the right way and you kind of get a bit of a roadmap between you know if this is level zero and level 100 is you taking your first steps on a run like how what can you do to sensibly but also enjoyably build yourself back up to that whether it be doing things like cross training but also being like actually once I'm back running I really want to dedicate my life to to running and work and all these things so what Mm. can I do in this six months that I'm not going to get a chance to do on a weekend because I'll be going out and doing 20 miles hopefully this time next year so let me go out and you know go to the zoo with my daughter or whatever you know, whatever dads do, you know what I mean?
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. You're dead. Right. And again, just finally on, um, like Matt in particular, um, was talking about how he ballooned, like put on a significant amount of weight during his, uh, both of his sacral stress fracture, um, injuries and, and journeys back to running again. And, uh, it was really nice just to have that common ground with someone. Cause I've been a little bit, I don't know, not not anxious necessarily but very very aware that i've put on like a significant amount of weight in the last six weeks or so like we're talking kilos and kilos um which is yeah he he was saying how it's it's almost nice to completely forget about it and uh not even think about how much fitness you've lost because once you get back running the gains that you see are so exponential like the the curve of improvement is so dramatic week after week. Once you get back running, that you'll be grateful for the time you spent doing nothing and having a few beers or eating a pizza, um, rather than jumping on the scales every other day. Like, oh no, I've put on another point two pounds or whatever. So, yeah, that was that was really really nice as well. Just to have that um, common ground, I suppose, with someone who's been in such a similar situation. Um, but that's 100%. it and look yeah. that's
2: ep- episode 17 we're on today right so 52 yeah. episodes time we'll be building back into another london marathon who knows maybe you'll be on the start line and we can listen back to episode 17 for a bit of you know emotion when we when we're signed to when we're signed to spotify and we've got millions coming in through the podcast <laughs> and it's a full time full time occupation
1: well, we've got bill odie as a guest you know, then we'll be, then we'll be fine. but it's yeah, it, it's an interesting one because I'm just so desperate to to get consistency. Like it's been such a, a turbulent couple of years of like training really well, then getting COVID, then getting back into running and falling off my bike and bruising my ribs, then getting back into running and uh, like the whole London Marathon thing happened, then getting really ill for months afterwards, then coming back as we started the podcast, being the fittest as I've, I've ever been, and then getting a sacral stress fracture. Like it's been so up and down, and I think part of it, is it its is I'm to blame for pushing too hard, like pushing steady runs harder than they need to be, or uh, hammering long runs faster than they need to be, um, and not doing the necessary TLC and, and like self-care that's required to handle that sort of volume and intensity. So it's my own fault, um, in a way. Uh, I'm just, yeah, glad to be able to start from scratch basically with everything that i know now and having my first taste of like a a proper injury it's a good injury isn't it it's a sexy one if someone asks like oh like, it's a proper one yeah if like, someone asks how's how your running's going and you're like oh i'm a bit injured and they say no, oh, i'm just a not
0: niggle running. it's a full-blown yeah. i cannot run for three or four months happy days that's just what my you want my
2: back is broken You can send that, <laughs> yeah. that, mike, that mike tyson thing my back is broken it's spinal spinal
0: final <laughs> yeah, yeah congratulations uh, tom you've done it you've yeah. hit the big time in terms of injuries
1: round of applause round of applause for safety <laughs> fractures everybody anyway that's enough of me um which one of you is going to talk about some well, spectacular running
2: i reckon we li- we literally jump from from zero to hero let's go for ben and his his recent <laughs> race that's what <laughs> that's what people are tuning in for that's what's going to be in the title so um all right ben, i reckon you do your week culminating in a nice a nice race
0: Show. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll quite. I'll quickly go through my week and get on to the juicy bit because that's what people want to hear, as we said. So I started Monday. Uh, I did a marathon workout on Monday. So I did 5K in the morning with some strides, just as a bit of a shakeout um, before a full day of editing. So it's just one of those things I like to get up in the morning, do a bit of a shakeout um, before a day of sitting down. And then I did my um, marathon workout in the afternoon at about four o'clock um so this one was 10 miles at marathon pace and then i took about a minute recovery um and did 5 miles at half marathon pace and i've got here pain cave never came so yeah a bit of a flex especially with uh, after tom's uh, rather somber story there um i'm feeling really fit at the moment and i was expecting this to get pretty tough towards the end um but it didn't so yeah happy days i'm i'm feeling good obviously treadmill feels easier than outside all this like blah 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 work is work in my eyes um yes the the pace is probably a little bit easier than it is on the road it definitely is i'm not going to deny that but it was a good session nonetheless Uh, and then i actually did uh this is a triple day bloody hell he's working hard at the moment um i did uh 45 minutes of uh, strength and conditioning straight after that marathon session um, with my gym partner Hannah, shout out Hannah, she's downstairs enjoying some uh, some Easter chocolate Go on, and Hannah. then on to, so that was Monday, yeah I did my marathon workout on Monday because of I was in Paris over the weekend so I didn't get a chance to do any proper training so I was keen to get on it on Monday. Tuesday just did a uh, recovery run, got my cloud surfers completely fucked for better word, um, I went along the towpath and it was it flooded, and uh, I'd gone too far down the path to turn back. So, yeah, they got ruined. Uh, on to Tuesday night. So I went down to the track um, just to see some of the boys at Chelmsford. But my legs were pretty tired from the Monday run. So no session for me. Just did a bit of an easy run. The boys warm up and then did six by 15 uh, second strides. Um, starting to add strides more into um, my weeks as I get close to the marathon just to sharpen up a little bit. And then on to my second treadmill workout of the week. Don't know how you feel about that, Cam? Uh, Callum, but it happened.
2: Sorry, so mate. Was... I, I, do, I don't I do want to say anything because of the defensive tone you took when you explained the treadmill in the, in the first <laughs> I'm a bit. Scared. I'm, a, I'm a bit scared to say anything now. I feel like just my presence and the treadmill is, is enough.
0: Is enough, you know? yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so and don't you dare say anything. All right, it counts.
2: No, it does count. It does count. I'm with you on this. So,
0: it was the the session was on Wednesday. I did eight by a mile. Um, the reason I've been doing treadmill running this week is because nobody wants to train with me and I don't fancy doing solo stuff out on my own. And um, so sometimes the treadmill is a good benefit, a good alternative because you just set the pace and then you have to run it. If you if you step off before your set interval, then you're a failure. And I never do that. So it's good to get the work done on the treadmill eight by a mile at five minute mile pace. So 307s. Um, and yeah, it felt good. First time running in the new Alpha Flies um, and then on to the race. So I didn't run on f- on the Thursday. I took a full rest day because we were traveling down um, to Bath or across to Bath, should I say. Um, so I had a rest day before the race, which probably helped me freshen up a little bit, considering I'd done two fairly decent marathon workouts in the week. Um, had a lovely day in uh, in Bath the day, the day of the race with Tom. Uh, got a little ice cream before the race um that's a bit unusual really because over the last few weeks I've been really conscious of my of my diet and I've trying to be cle- I've basically been cleaning it up ever since I got back from from Kenya um, I haven't been eating sweets chocolate donuts um just trying to be a bit more sensible um and take a bit more of a like uh I guess an elite approach to my nutrition I, t- I feel like I train fairly hard but my nutrition has always been lacking so yeah over the last five weeks i've been been cleaning that up and yeah got some good results uh in the race um
1: i, I ran a new pb
0: been.
1: Don't, don't don't um yeah don't skip ahead too quickly i I really like that you're uh doubling down on all of those little one percents now yeah yeah i, I can't just...
2: believe i can't believe last episode you took the piss out of me for having a protein bar and now you've just revealed <laughs> that you've been looking after your diet for five weeks i know
0: I know. I know i've been keeping it on the hush i don't i don't know i always find it A little bit difficult to talk about like nutrition diet eating you know just in case it it brings up any bad or good memories for people like eating disorders and stuff like that but Mm. for me I've always struggled to to eat like a clean diet as a runner I'm always hungry and I'm like at least once a week I'll go to the reduced section there'll be a six pack of donuts and I'll eat the whole packet basically before I even get home so I've just been trying to cut that like binging out um, and for me, I have to just completely say, look, I'm not eating sweets. I'm not eating chocolate. I have to cut it out completely. Otherwise, it's just like a, a slippery slope, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
2: No, I get you. I get you. I'm, yeah. I think the one thing that I will just say is um, one, of course, to everyone, like do everything in balance. And like Ben, you're clearly recognizing for you the best way to achieve balance is to kind of go cold turkey, if you will, on that kind yeah. of thing. Because you know yourself better than anyone. The one thing I will say is for someone who's in like your position, is I think as long as you say, look, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm not a specialist. Like this is just me, like explaining to you what I do in my life, and my yeah. personal choices. Then I think it's really good for you to share those elements because you're not saying this is what you must do to get faster or this is what works because you might turn around in ten episodes time and say, actually, I really miss having those donuts and it was making me happy and I train better when I'm happy, so I'm going to keep having the donuts. Do, do you know what I mean? So yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That's think a really as good long point. as as long as people aren't out here, you know, being like oh, you must do this. Or like, this is the amount of protein that you need per kilogram of body weight. Trust me. And it's like, well, who, who, why should I trust you? You know, you just giggled yeah. it kind of thing. So yeah,
0: respect. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. Um, so yeah, had a little ice cream before the race. Um, nice little treat. I mean
2: um, that. That I know. I've just been nice, but that's fucked up. I know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like I know. I've just been all nice and be like, "Oh, Ben, is, yeah, that's really good of you, mate. That's absolutely <laughs> fucked. You had an ice cream before a race." So we wow. went. Meg, Meg wanted
1: an this.
0: ice cream. I want an ice cream too.
2: Don't bring Meg into this. She can enjoy your ice cream. She wasn't running a five k
1: in the evening.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Got a nice well, photo, though, didn't I, Tom? So well, it was so, worth so, it. Yeah,
1: we, we went we went for a little lunch date, didn't we, Ben?
0: Um, we did indeed. A little double three, date, but it. we won't talk any more <laughs> about that.
1: Oh, double scoop was it? Yeah, double scoop uh, ice cream. Double
0: scoop, double scoop. Yeah,
1: yeah, look, we had an absolutely lovely time. It was fantastic. Genuinely, like I'm, I'm not even joking. It was such a nice day. Um, I really enjoyed spending time with you and you and Meg Ben. Um, oh, thanks, mate. It was lovely. But, Likewise,
0: yeah. for for you and right, uh, can, can you just and tell your us, other person. Can
2: you, can you just tell us what flavor ice cream you had? This is what the people on here. Are. Come on.
0: I had blueberry and clotted cream ice cream in a cone.
2: Is that, is that one flavour or is that a blueberry scoop and a clotted cream scoop? No, just
0: the one flavour.
2: And just one scoop?
0: Just one scoop.
2: That's mad. Fair play. You did have a race. Yeah. You were taking it easy.
0: Taking it easy, yeah.
1: The so I talk point... a little bit about the race. Yeah, but the main point I want to make here, Ben, is the fact that you've spoken about taking your nutrition a bit more seriously, which is amazing. But yeah. also, you're so free before a race. Like I know ahead of time, regardless of the result that you ended up with, You weren't seeing... This isn't like an A race for you. You weren't going out there to absolutely smash the granny out of your your 5K PB. But we are in this, you know, like this cafe, and you were not skimping on chips or eating those little mushroom skewer things or the arancini paella balls, which were sensational. Oh, they were delicious. Um, Like, that's what I love about you. Like, you're not... I would be super anxious, no matter what race it was, no matter how seriously or not seriously I was taking it. I would be, like eating plain oats for breakfast and then if I'd be super paranoid about, oh, have they used, like, too much oil in these chips? Am I going to be bloated and, like, feel like I'm going to shit myself as soon as the gun goes off? Whereas you are yeah. still able to enjoy that experience and eat what you wanted to eat, have an ice cream with Meg and enjoy the sunshine in Bath without... Yeah. ...about the race. And I think that's an amazing um, character trait to have and what makes you one of the things that makes you so successful as like a, a runner um, is just how steady you are and how chilled out you are about things like that. Like you won't get, you know, you'll eat an ice cream and it won't be like, Oh fuck now I'm not going to race well because I had an ice cream. Like you're still able yeah. to focus on on that. So yeah, just yeah. wanted to, um, to add that bit of context. I think it's important.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like before a, a like a key race for me, I do get anxiety. Like I won't... I'm not going to be having an ice cream before Boston Marathon type thing. You, I'm going to be having my usual you, breakfast.
2: You're not going to have an ice cream before Boston?
0: Well, yeah, I might have is. to now. I mean, this one, this race went pretty damn well, didn't yeah, it? Could so, ha-
2: have, one, have one the night before.
0: Yeah. I'll have a cheeky little uh, blueberry and clotted cream scoop before the before the marathon. But it has might to do be, me well.
1: Clotted cream. Has to be blueberry and clotted cream. Otherwise yeah, it well.
0: has to be. Yeah, yeah but like so. for, for me, if I'm totally honest, this race was more of like, I oh, just go out and have a bit of fun, have, do a session type effort. So I was just going going into it as if I was going down to like the track to do a workout with the boys. It it didn't really feel like a proper race in terms of like getting nervous or anything like that. So yeah, that probably helped me to be honest with you, and probably one of the reasons why the race went so well. Um, but yeah, talk a little bit about the race. Um, it it's a five k race with the the Bristol Drac, Bristol track <laughs> Bristol Track Club um up in bath which caused a little bit of confusion between me and meg i told her we were going for a weekend away in bristol but it turns out we were going for a weekend away in bath Ooh. but anyway we had a lovely spa on the on the on the sunday the day after the race but the race itself finally get to it um yeah it went pretty perfectly i was hoping that i would uh break my road 5k pb which was 1509 um i've run 1457 on the track and callum was actually there that day down at uh, what was the what was the event called Wimbledon. 5, Wimbledon, yeah, the 5,000 metre PB night or whatever it was, which was a good event. Um, you actually ran your, your 1,500 metre PB that night as well, I think. 340? Yeah,
2: I did, I did. It was a great 340 night. 340 on a dot. Lovely weather.
0: Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and the weather was actually pretty similar to, to back then, uh, pretty ideal conditions. I've heard that this track is, is known for being really windy. It's sort of at the, uh, hill, at the top of a hill, in um, bath so it's quite exposed so if it is a windy day you're gonna you're gonna be battered by the wind basically on the course but it was perfect literally no wind at all and the sun was set in it was probably about 13 14 degrees so perfect racing conditions um and it was on a sort of cycle um how's best to explain it it's like a it's like a track that cyclists use in the local area to just do laps and laps and laps on
1: nice smooth concrete it's a, a psych- slight...
2: it, it's a cycling circuit yeah yeah, yeah.
1: It's like a time trial yeah. type route isn't it they just yeah whip it around these corners on their bicycles yeah That's...
0: it was good fun and there was a slight incline um on one way and slight decline on the other which wasn't really that noticeable and it probably just kept it a little bit interesting um so the gun went and the first kilometer, I ran two fifty-two, which is a lot quicker than I was planning to. Um, but I sort of just settled into into a group, which happened to be the second group on the night. Um, the quick, the real quick boys sort of went up the road a bit, not actually too far. I could I could see them for quite a way of the the race, um, which was quite I don't know. I've not had that before with with pro runners. Normally they just disappear. But for this race, I felt really good and could almost see them. Uh, across the finish line this time so that was that was a nice feeling and um, the first k is was downhill so 252 probably with without the gradient was probably like a 255 256 relative effort um, but i was feeling really good in uh, on the second lap so it was a it was a 1.6 k uh, loop so we did three and a bit laps um, and on the second lap i actually said to the guys at the at the front of my group come on let's let's keep this working because they were starting to to slow down a little bit, and I was keen to keep pushing it on. Um, obviously feeling fairly good at this point, uh, and then the next few kilometres just sort of ticked off. Two fifty six, I think the the middle two kilometres were, um, and then yeah, the race sort of was over before I even had time to really think too much. Obviously, I'm been doing so much marathon-focused work. Um, a fifteen-minute effort is is relatively short, so I'd say only for the last like two minutes of this race, I was really like in the pain cave, um, which was a great. A great feeling um it was a definite surprise i ended up finishing eighth in the race and i think only two guys ahead of me when were, were non-pros so yeah good place to be Fourteen forty two, uh, surprise pb there but um yeah absolutely perfect race couldn't really ask for much more especially with the the two sessions in the week um just goes to show you don't always need a perfect taper uh, the day off the day before was probably a good sign didn't get a shakeout run in the morning so yeah, it went well. Really chuffed with it, to be honest. Nice little surprise.
2: Good running, yeah. mate. Good running. Yeah, it looked like a good event. Um, it was. It was g- a great live stream. I don't know if you've been back to be able to watch it, but um, yeah, the race at the front was was really intriguing. With kind of you had Ephraim Gidey Zach Mohammed yeah. and Zach, Zach Seddon that initially went off together. Zach Seddon died such a horrible death. Like he's de- he's he's shown in that race. Um, yeah, he, he's. I think you probably must have run. The last couple of k quicker than him for him to finish in yeah because yeah. they they went out in 2:46 for the first k, um, but at about three k, Ephraim Giday just ran a 2:40 kilometer and just absolutely blew the race apart. It was um, yeah oh, a great wow. event and I'm sure it was a good one to be to be part of. Um, yeah, it was really nice. In good terms crowd of atmosphere like... and stuff. Yeah, it looked good.
0: Yeah, because it is on like a circuit, there was crowd literally lining the course and there was like two two races before mine. Um so we had like an open race where anyone could could join in and there's probably like three hundred people in that race. Then we had the the sort of B race, which included the elite women, um which yeah, shout out to Philly. She had a great race, she ran like sixteen oh two, I think, um, for third place, and it was won in fifteen twenty four by uh oh, what's the girl's name? Kira yeah. 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 Girl. day Yeah,
1: what
0: a woman. Phenomenal She's run.
1: Sensational, yeah.
0: And then yeah, it was my race. So there was a lot of people around that had raced before that stuck around, had a pizza, had a beer, um, were cheering on. Like yeah, the support there was incredible. Um, Signed my first autograph as well to about to a little uh, ten-year-old boy who'd done the three-k race, I think, which was pretty cool. Not had that before. Didn't know what to write. Uh, Wrote Ben is running. Didn't want to give him my uh, bank details (laughs) and uh, my signature. So yeah, he could have got me there.
1: Is he going to have a Ben's running themed birthday party, do you reckon, for
0: his 11th? You know what? He he did ask, but uh, I said, look, I'm fully booked for the foreseeable unlucky, mate. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's pretty much it from the race. I couldn't believe it when I crossed the line and and the clock said 42. I was like, wow, I knew I was going under 15, but I didn't quite know how far under. Um, And yet it was a 22nd road PB, technically. So I will take that, especially for the 5K distance. I didn't really expect to take... A big chunk off it like that. So yeah, training has obviously been going well. Two weeks in Kenya, sorting out the diet, doing two core, core exercises a week um, has, has really obviously helped get me them extra seconds. So yeah, happy days.
2: Yeah. And I think also just the consistency over time, right? Like a, a, yeah. key, a key thing to highlight for people listening, thinking, well, I can't go for two weeks in Kenya and do this and that and blah, blah, blah is just the time, so you ran that 5k pb on the track back in. Did we do that in August or maybe yeah, July? Right, so. so it's almost yeah. a year, so that's a whole year of extra running, extra mileage. Yeah,
0: thanks. Three marathon blocks since then, you so. know.
2: Like, think about how much you've worked on your threshold and all that sort of stuff since since then. So, 20 seconds is a, is like an amazing time to be able to take off, but I would. I think that's like a you you shouldn't cap yourself if you see what I mean. You should yeah, be like, yeah. okay, a whole year of training, I've taken twenty seconds off, that's great. I think you should be looking like, okay, what can I do with another year of training, right? You know, looking to make another yeah. however many. And that's seconds definitely off.
0: how I look I'm looking at it now. But going into the race, like before having when I'm basically when I ran uh 1457, I was like, brilliant. I've that was my like lifetime goal to break fifteen minutes. And I sort of like almost wrote off the 5k as a distance like i've done that now i don't don't see myself getting much faster over that distance because i felt like i couldn't push any any harder at the time and i prefer sort of a long hard grind like in the marathon um but yeah running running a 40, 14 42 gives me like looking ahead i mean if i knock maybe 10 20 seconds off that again then i'll be on the elite start line for a lot of races so yeah it's exciting place to be and uh definitely a big confidence boost ahead of boston um then i did a little warm down Uh, 4.13 kilometers with philly she did a session after um after her race so shout out to her getting ready for copenhagen marathon and then on the saturday i woke up nice and early because me and megs were off to a spa like you do after a race i did 70 minutes easy on the treadmill um and i noticed there was a little bit of irritation in my left calf which i've had a few issues with over the last few weeks so i just thought to take today off Um, as a bit of a precaution probably could have run um there's no pain in it today i slept for nine hours last night um and it's it's all cleared up i think it's mainly just like knackeredness from the race to be honest with you so hopefully nothing to to worry about there
1: it's a good word you've just made up there knackeredness yeah it's a cracker isn't it
0: yeah and that's my week 92 kilometers of running seven hours 50 minutes and a couple of gym sessions so yeah happy days
1: yeah i love that from you you know, five k PB in the mix, but still kept it sensible with the other days. Mm. I think like little precautionary rest day. Um, yeah. yeah, I know I
0: keep going on about Kenya, but that's def. It definitely has taught me like, yes, do your hard sessions hard, but on those easy days. So, for example, if you look back to Wednesday when I did a I did a ten k easy run, I ran five minutes thirty four per kilometer, which for me feels like snail pace, but on the day that's how quick my body wanted to go in terms of it actually being a recovery run rather than trying to like bang out four thirties per kilometer which would have probably done probably done me more harm than good so yeah i'm really trying to, to dial in on on taking the easy days easy and pushing those hard days a little bit harder i know it's cliche but it seems to be working
2: Yeah, and that's what the pros do. Like Mark Scott since he moved up to the marathon, I know he's—if anyone follows him on Strava—now he's not in the grasps of Bauman. He's actually allowed to post his stuff on Strava. Oh, really? Interesting. And he—he even put a a run up the other day saying he was trying hard to not go under seven-minute miling. Like he—he'd made a concerted effort to make sure that he was, you know, running a bit slower. Which, Mm. if you know anything about Bauman and how they run their easy runs normally, it's pretty much the opposite. It's getting down almost sub six for most days yeah, the every day
0: count type thing
2: exactly so you know it just shows with the marathon volume and being able to look after yourself taking it easy is is pretty important so yeah, yeah. good stuff ben you're a changed man
0: i am indeed new diet new ab workout and now a new uh 5k pv so happy days
2: good stuff right should i jump into my week Yes. go for it mate coolio so um Yeah. Monday I had a double. So in the morning I had 9.73 miles at 6.58 and this included, um, five times 10 second Hills. Um, so just the same short Hills I do every week, pretty much nice and fast up the Hill and then walk down for like almost a minute to, well, a minute and a half, two minutes, basically really long rest comparative to the rep. So they're pretty boring, but needs must. Um, And then in the afternoon, I did 3.15 miles at 8.36 per mile. Um, That was with Alice, just easy double. I try and keep the the second run of the day pretty easy in general. So, yeah, that was Monday. Uh, Tuesday, I had a session. This was um, down with the club. So we had four sets of four 400s. So basically 16 400s, but, but broken into sets. And how each of these worked was the first three reps of each set would be pretty consistent. So around like 64s and then the last rep of each set would be a bit faster. So like 60, 61. Um, and there was 60 seconds between each of the reps and then three minutes between the sets. Um, so averaged about 63 for that. Um, that was yeah, really good. It's kind of those sessions is an awkward pace where you could easily push it and run 61, 62 for every rep, but the f- pretty quickly build up. So you have to be, um, Quite careful and just restrain yourself. But we had such a big group that you do 16 reps and you maybe only end up leading maybe six of them out of 16 or something like that because everyone's taking their turn. So, um, yeah, that was a great session on Tuesday night. Um, Wednesday, I did eight and a half miles at 650s. Um, I've written here that I had a bit of shin pain, which I have had for the last kind of week or so, just a bit of like inflammation in my shin, almost like a shin splints type feeling um so just running on grass trails and bits like bits and bobs like that when i can and um just sticking a bit of ice and stuff on it afterwards um it's nothing serious um in terms of like the physio and stuff i've had it's just like it's a bit of inflammation do what you can to get it down if it doesn't cause you any pain then you can keep running kind of thing um and maybe assigned
0: to do some daily stretching or maybe add a little bit of strength there maybe
2: yeah potentially it's one of those things where it's like so i do a lot of like stuff for your post tip so like the outer side of your leg if you see what i mean so like a lot of tip raises things like that like um bent leg calf raises but where this is is like the inside of your shin if you see what i mean yeah kind yeah. of between your calf muscle and your bone where it's pretty it's like the, the common place to get shin splints pretty much
0: where you yeah. can just get a that's exactly where up. i usually get my like shin pain as well yeah and, and I, be- I just found that when i do get that sort of area of pain a few like um little stretches before my runs and after my runs really help like um mm. just on the stairs going up and down the stairs like onto your toes type thing that really helps you don't have yeah. to do much but it seems to clear it up so hopefully yeah and that's just anything,
2: that. anything isometric and like just yeah it tends to be when you've got either tighter calves or if your body's basically just not used to the volume that you're doing but um yeah, yeah nothing serious at all when i'm running but just Kind of one little highlight just so people, you know, see the, the rough and the smooth. Um, Thursday, I had a, a another workout, so rather than Tuesday, Friday, I was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday this week because my, my long run was a bit quicker. So, Thursday, I had seven by a K and then two times 300. So, I did this with Jack and Ollie, um, and basically, we had a kilometer rep followed by a 400 meter float in about one minute thirty to one minute forty-five, so that's kind of six-minute miling to seven-minute miling. No, six-six hmm. to six thirty-minute miling. Call it that. It's um, like as a,
0: a steady pace. Yeah,
2: yeah, a steady float in between. It's not a tempo, um,
0: but it's it's not easy.
2: Yeah, and then the the K's were all supposed to be around two fifty-three, two fifty-four, other than the fourth rep and the seventh rep which were runners kind of splitting it up. So a 200, 500, 300 at slightly different paces. Um, so the session ended up being, yeah, all reps at 253, 252. And then the fourth and the seventh were 243 and 241. So yeah, good session considering that we had the floats rather than rests. So that's really good. Um, and then some faster 300s at the end in 40 and 39. So yeah, that was that was a really good session actually. It's probably the best session I've done Um definitely of the year, um, but probably in a, in a fair while and, you know, doing it with Jack who is in great shape right now, made it a lot easier. So yeah, great track session. That was on Thursday.
1: How are you measuring that by the way, when you say like best, best track session, like I know when I've done sessions, I feel like a distant memory now, but I'll finish them and be like, that's probably one of the best sessions I've done. But on paper, I don't think you or anyone else would look at it necessarily and think, that um, stood out from maybe other sessions. So for you personally, what 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 was the standout thing that made this one so good? Was it just how good you felt at those paces? How controlled you felt or what?
2: Honestly, just like the the paces that I've run and the amount of volume it is. So if you remember, if you like take into consideration, I'm training for 1500 to do like the, the seven by a K with the 400 floats is basically 9.6 kilometers of work. So you're almost yeah. doing a track 10 K and to be running kind of, feeling really easy and to be in the middle of that to be able to run a 2.43 and a 2.41 is like for me 2.40 is my 3k pace so for the 7th rep of of 7 times a k including the float so at this point I've already run 9,000 meters or 8,800 meters for the final k to be running 2.41 like I know that I'm in shape if you see what I mean. It's obviously really subjective in terms of you just get a, a feeling of confidence after a session and you want to be like, Hey, that's the best session, but kind of whether it is or isn't, as long as I'm taking the confidence away from it, I think that's the important thing. If you see what I mean?
1: No. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. But like if you're running three K pace with 400 float in between for two of those K reps, it's pretty, yeah. It's going some in it. So sounds like PB shape to me. Yeah. It does sound like PB shape.
2: So yeah, that was a good Thursday actually. Um, which meant Friday was just an easy double, I believe. So I did 8.18 miles in the morning at 6.40s. Uh, oh, I've got a story about this run. I totally forgot this happened. <laughs> so was, basically I'm running down the river and there's a quad bike ahead of me. And Cambridge is a pretty like, you know, well-to-do, nice place. And like, not you don't see that much antisocial behavior and stuff. But, you know, where I'm from in Leeds, it's pretty the opposite. You see stuff like this all the time. I'm not the kind of person to be like, oh, a quad bike where it shouldn't be riding, that's so bad. So I just thought, oh, quad bike, not the end of the world. And Report I see it, it ahead to of me.
1: What's Callum? That's what I say. Get neighborhood watch on the case.
2: Yeah, so I see it ahead of me anyway. And. It's like driving really fast, but then slowing down and almost being stationary. So as I'm going at a consistent pace, I'm basically catching up to it. And at this point, I'm only maybe like 10, 15 meters ahead. So I can now see that it's literally two kids that I'm allowed to say this because I look young for my age. They were so young. I don't even know how they knew how to ride the quad bike. They were literally like 11 years old or something like that. And anyway, one of the kids... Has got like a catapult. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen Dennis the Menace, right? <laughs> but you know, like one of those cat- stereotypical catapults where it's like, uh, you know, in movies is depicted as like a stick that's like with an elastic band to be able to fire stuff. But it's like an actual catapult. They're picking up rocks off the floor, right? This is not the driver. This is the guy on the back, by the way. And <laughs> in cambridge there's loads of people that kayak and row and stuff like that on the river and they're firing rocks at this woman who's kayaking and obviously is in a kayak she can't do anything about it she can't like get away from them them hitting her with rocks and they're not hitting her they're like splashing around her but she was in a bit of distress anyway so i had to say like so obviously what am i gonna do you know it's me i'm not getting into a fight with some kids so uh, luckily enough, I'm a far enough distance away that I can like make my presence be felt without having to do anything, if you see what I mean. So I kind Stamp of like... Feet. No, I just stared and ran towards them. And then they... um, Well, they probably were just finished with picking on this woman to be honest. I don't think it's because I was coming towards them. But they... um, Yeah, they sped off into the distance. But I thought, what, a, what an absolute... What little rats, to be honest. That's the only way I can describe them. By all means, have your fun, you know? And I'm sure they'll... They'll one day think, "Oh, that was a bit mean what we did to that woman." But you know, I've got up to mischief before, but just throwing rocks at people is a bit, yeah.
1: I'm where did it. they find a quad bike from? And where?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, well, I don't want to go into it on the podcast, but I think there are a certain type of person um, <laughs> from I'll a lie. certain a certain set of of community and live in a certain place in Cambridge. But because I don't know that for a fact, I'm not just gonna you know, I'm not gonna throw it out there on the podcast. But go to my if you want to see more details. Friday afternoon, if you just if you heard any of the story that I just told, thank you for persevering. If you're still here, thank you. The, the headphones that Ben told me to buy for this podcast are clearly shit or my laptop shit, or maybe I don't just don't know how to use them. I don't know. Um, so yeah, sorry about the audio quality once again. Um, yeah, feel should free. be better from now. Feel free just to just to skip if you want. But Friday afternoon, I did two point nine four miles at seven ten. um so yeah, just an easy double um easter friday feels like a saturday doesn't it always think that um saturday i had my long run so i had a bit of a progression um so basically every 20 minutes starting at easy pace just cutting it down in blocks slightly by around 20 seconds so start the the first easy miles were like seven minute miling 650s that kind of thing then the next block were around kind of 620s then down to you know just under six minute miling and then gradually progressing, um, until I did 14 and a half miles at six Oh sixes for average. Um, yeah, got down to like five Oh eight or five ten or something like that and still felt really good. So yeah, good to bank a good longer effort, nice bit of stimulus. Um, I tend to have this kind of longer stimulus once in every like two week cycle, if you will. So every 14 days, make sure that I have some kind of, um, longer aerobic effort. So yeah, felt really good on that actually. Uh, And then that brings us to today, the day of recording. So Sunday, just had a jog, 3.56 miles, just a little bit of shakeout. Um, Literally nothing to report on that run at all. Um, So yeah, wraps up a good week. Nice progression again from last week, 73.2 miles, um, couple of good sessions, good long run, feeling good. So yeah, it's um, all shaping up nicely. Got a couple more weeks of hard training before a race. So yeah, all good on my end. Thanks for persevering through that audio display, everyone.
0: No, I think it's a solid week of training, mate. I always find it fascinating, use uh, sp- especially going through your training because everything just seems like it's got its purpose. Like mm-hmm. when you do these workouts with these, like the first two hundred meters faster, then a little bit slower, then race pace. You know, like I reckon you've got yourself a decent coach there that's setting you some some decent training because it definitely sounds a lot more elite than what me and Tom do. Like even your seven by a kilometre workout with those, the what did you say? The fourth and the seventh rep were faster than, than all the rest. I'm like, I'd never come up with that on my own, but I understand why you're doing it. And it's always really interesting to get that insight into, to your training, I think.
2: Yeah, it's good. And I think the important thing is that me and Nick, my coach, we have like a dialogue about these things. Like I'll never just do something without understanding why I'm doing it. If you see what I mean, partly because yeah. I'm partly because I'm interested and I want to know like, okay, like, why am i doing that and then partly to understand because because we have a relationship where he's not there coaching me every day like i need to know what are the what what's the most important element of the session what can i afford to sacrifice a little bit if say the weather's bad or i'm feeling not i'm feeling tired like what are the important elements even yeah. down to the point of like so next week i've got 20 times 300 and the, gr- the with the with the group and the group are doing sixty seconds rest and mine was put down at thirty five to forty seconds rest. So I said, "Oh Nick, I'm just going to do sixty seconds with the group." And he was like, "No, because of." And then you know explained why actually that extra twenty seconds rest over the whole course of the session will not accumulate enough fatigue and blah 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 blah. So now I yeah. can go to the session and rather than just fold and go, "All right, guys, yeah, cool, we'll do sixty seconds," I can know that actually it's really important for my own development to put in this little thing. Whereas you know, without having that conversation, I definitely wouldn't have done so and therefore wouldn't have got as much benefit. So yeah, I think for anyone that's got a coach, make sure you're not just following instruction. Make sure you actually have if you're if you're inquisitive and you want to find out why something is a certain way, like your coach is there to be able to explain it to you and to have that conversation. And similarly if you're coaching yourself and you're finding stuff off, you know, Ben's YouTube channel or this or Sweat Elite blog or whatever resources you're using to compile your training don't just do something because you've seen somebody else do it. Try and understand at least why they do it. So everyone's yeah. seen Jacob do double threshold, so they started to do it. And because it's so talked about now, people are starting to understand, okay, well, this is why I should do it. And maybe, you know, is it suited to me? And ask those questions. But often we'll just follow because we see faster runner do something and it's like route one to injury or to, you know, not getting the benefits for you as an individual.
1: Yeah, yeah. class well, advice. Good a stuff. Awesome bit of nugget. I think it's yeah, it's amazing. Like reading all of your Instagram posts and stuff, Callum, because um, they're always so yeah, insightful and valuable. And I think me and Ben have had conversations about your training before and how specific it is. Like like we just mentioned, the rest in between reps or some reps quicker than others for a specific purpose. Like it's yeah, I think it's uh it's super valuable to to me and Ben and hopefully everybody listening to get that. It's, yeah,
2: it's not necessarily the right way either, which I think is good. It's like, it's your it's, way. Yeah. But like this can get you so far, but then you might have to pivot and reevaluate and go, actually, you know, maybe we'll change and do this. or actually we didn't really get that much benefit from this kind of thing. And depending on what stage of development you're at as a runner, I think there's, certain elements you can incorporate so like whether it's your literally your first week running or you've been running for 20 years strides will be a thing that any runner can do because it's at Mm. your own ability the set the duration can easily be changed whether you're doing 10 seconds or 30 seconds like everyone can do strides right but is a 15 mile progression run there for everyone absolutely not and like a 15 mile progression run for me this time 18 months ago because I wasn't strong enough to go out and do that off the back of two hard sessions. And it's not tying me out too much, if you see what I mean. So I think you just yeah. got to take things into your stride as you go. But yeah, I just love learning about it, to be honest. Like, you know, I'm like a test subject for myself, if you see what I mean, to like see how I respond to things before I ever give similar things out or try those things on people that I coach. That's,
1: <laughs> That's why I'm sure you are and will be such a such a good coach in the future just that desire to, to learn and absorb that information and um adapt it to to other people i suppose like it's yeah good stuff Very good yeah stuff. nice i think we've um we've stroked callum's ego enough there we should probably move on to some
0: race results what do yeah. you reckon? i think
2: so i think so let um let yeah let's let's change the tune slightly with the whole mo farah situation i think because that's yeah, a hot running news so an interesting one that, For people that don't know he ran a 10k road race which you know you're thinking, that's fine. He's Mo Farah. What else is he going to do? However, he finishes in 30 minutes and 41 seconds after going through 5K in 14.20. So that's a bit like random, you know? Well, it's, it's really random, to be honest. Um hmm, What's going on there? We, we can't really know a bit more. Out. Yeah, we can't really work out why. Is it... Was he taking it easy? Did he go out hard? Or not... Wait, he's, he's still not gone out hard. He's gone out in 14.20. You know, for Mo Farah, that's really not hard. Like, you know... What's the situation? Because there's, I can't, I can't believe that he's run thirty forty one. If he's actually trying to run fast,
0: no, surely I'm, not. I really if can't. he, if he has, then he's in trouble. Come London Marathon, which is only in like ten days' time.
2: Out, drop, if, if he's run thirty forty one and that's legit, again, obviously, I'm completely chatting out my ass here and I could be wrong. But if he's, if he's run thirty forty one as a legitimate ten k attempt, I think that we'll get the news in a couple of days that he's not doing London Marathon. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll be. Surely, we had some back and forth, didn't we? Like about why he was, why he was doing it in the first place. Like, and it, you know, initially when you see 30, 41 from Mo Farah, you think he's there to pick up a check. He's doing it for an appearance fee. He's just getting the job done. He's doing a tempo effort so he can focus on, on London. But then when you see the splits, like I just say, going through the first 5k and fourteen twenty, uh, 20, it, it sort of shifts that perception, doesn't it? it hmm. Makes you wonder what on earth went on. And, like you said off, off air, Ben, when you see him at the finish line, like um, he looks that, knackered. Yeah, Run IX, I think it is, who, who put a little video up of it. He looks like fucked by the end. Yeah, he
0: doesn't look like he's tempoing it in. He looks like no. he's genuinely gone through the ringer.
1: No, and the, the, the conditions looked awful, but the conditions were the same across the board. And I can't remember the specific. Yeah, 32
0: on. degrees, apparently. So it was a yeah. sweltering hot day.
1: I think it was one in like 28, 11, maybe? Yeah, so yeah, 28, low 28. To- so this
2: is the only other thing that I'm thinking is, is it a situation where he needs to finish and yeah. stuff because he's got, you know, that's his appearance fee, might be in his contract. Because it's really hot, has he gone out and then thought, actually,
0: this you know, isn't sensible.
2: I'm Mo no Farah, I've been training for, you know, 25 years of my 40-year life. I know when I'm starting to feel a bit too fatigued and I've got a really big marathon in front of millions in a couple yeah. of weeks. let hope could, so. Maybe I should really dial it back because like 30-41 for context people is like, that's about four fifty-five per mile, and the best Brits at London Marathon will be doing that pace for their marathon. That's like a mm-hmm. two two eleven-ish marathon, I think, or something like yeah. that. 2.11, 2.11.30. 11. So, like, there'll be people like Phil Sessaman that will be trying to run twenty-six miles at the pace that Farah's done ten k. So, this yeah. can't be the full story, I'm sure.
1: No, but it's. I think unfortunately, if there's anyone out there who thinks that Mo's going to have this massive send off at London Marathon where he runs phenomenally well is uh semi-delusional like he's he's not gonna have a blinder of a race at London I I just don't I don't see how it can happen it'll be a lovely little farewell and I think it will be like I'm just picturing him running down the mile at that you know down the home straight uh and like the noise from the crowd and the commentary and everything I think it'll be a beautiful moment but I don't think he's going to be coming across that finish line in like 204 205 206 can't so I really see it. see it. All right,
2: I've got I've got a couple of questions. Question one: Do you think you have? Just give me a yes or no to this. Question one: Do you think he'll be the first Brit? No. Okay. Question two: This is going to be uh, an a, 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 B, or C answer. <laughs> Why do you think he's not running as well as he was maybe like two, three years ago? A, his age. B, he's not taking substances that he was taking, or C, other.
0: Ooh. Mm, interesting
2: <laughs> maybe oh, that's one cool yeah. for the.
0: yeah I think other because like it's it's been clear that he's had some injuries over the last few years and he's prioritized like going on I'm a celebrity which is not a sensible thing to be doing if you're an elite athlete yes he's 41 years old but that's not like in the grand scheme of things it's not too old like we've got Elliot Kipchoge he's at the top of his game at that sort of age so yeah for me yeah for me I think it's a combination of things but yeah
1: yeah. I'll say all of the above to be honest. I think like you can't going on I'm a celebrity like you say that surely that's saying you know you're not you're not in it for those reasons anymore like you know I don't,
2: know, not, I don't like... know Peter Boyle he's on SAS Who Dares Wins on Australia and he's like no, yeah, but,
1: yeah but come on that's like a that's a marketing ploy to try and get people on board like to that's a solid PR move going on like SAS Who Dares Wins the Aussie version after you've popped for uh, he was probably on it before, right? Like before yeah, but that,
2: Farrah, Farrah allegedly got 250 grand for going to know. Think about the marathons you'd yeah. have to win to get that.
1: Yeah, you yeah. probably
0: wouldn't get that for marathons. So,
1: yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it'll be a lovely moment. I think it'll be great to see him at London, but I don't think you're going to see him in. I hope
0: a, he proves uh, us wrong, but I can't I can't see him having a phenomenal run yet.
1: Nah.
2: Yeah, well, that's the Mo Farrah saga. Write in if you have any more information on that, by the way. Um, Yeah, maybe
0: some more... The story will develop a little bit over the last few days because that only came in today, I think, didn't it?
2: Yeah, I can't see him dropping out of London, you know, because he'll be getting a nice little appearance fee. So you may as well just do it, Mo. Like, you ain't got any, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, come on, Mo. Get around 26.2.
2: Do it, Mo. See you on the streets. (laughs) Um, On on the other side of the world, it was the Australian champs, um, which are, like, so early, obviously, because of the different season in Australia... Um, comparative to, say, the British champs, which won't be until July. Um, so the main story to come out of that was the uh, 16-year-old bloke, Cameron Myers, who's just, like, killing all of Britson's age group records. And he um, came second in the 1500 final and ran 338, which is a under-17 world record. Um, which is just... That's just mental, like... That is crazy, yeah. The guy doesn't look 17, to be fair. Like, he's clearly, like, developed at a young age. Um, but, you know, I mean... Look how Jakob's gone on after running those times. So this guy could be a serious star.
1: Mm. There we go. Heard it here first. Well, could you'd be. probably heard it on Insight Running if you listen to that. <laughs> first. Um, but you, hear, you heard it here uh, second. second. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And then the other results from that were Callum Davis, who's this like little guy with crazy hair who runs with a headband, but it's um, <laughs> called Callum. Uh, he won the 1500 and the 5k double, which is um, pretty decent. Obviously, there's no like Ollie Hall, McSwain, stuff like that, but still pretty fa- rapid fields. And- yeah, yeah. So that's a pretty good double. He runs for Puma. I've not heard of him before. Yeah, you should you should look him. I raced with him at the Morton Games. Uh, he's a really nice fella, actually, hence why I was just joking about his headband and his long hair. Um, but yeah, good guy. I can see that Ben's actually copying and pasting his name to have a look at him right now.
0: Yeah, of course. Oh, he's, he's an English footballer, apparently.
2: Oh, that's not the right word. That's not
0: the one. Runner.
2: Hope I got his name right. And then the um, the main women's result was Jess Hull dominated the uh, 1500. Pretty, pretty convincing win. Um, and yeah, looks like she could be in good shape, which is always good because I don't know if you guys, I know there's like a British-Australian rivalry in basically all sports and just general existence of the countries. But because like East Africa dominates a lot of distance running. I always like it when there's like some non non Ken basically non-Kenyan, non-Ethiopian, non-Uganda nations that look like they might challenge. I always like the finals the most where you have like one Brit, one Kenyan, one Australian. It's like a truly like global final, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I always like seeing people from Australia and these other countries like pop up and actually have a genuine world-class chance because I just think it'll be so much more of a spectacle when it comes to the finals.
1: I think as well, people like Jess Hull are so good for the sport. Like she's, I don't know if you boys have listened to any interviews that she's done. Like she was on Insight Running. Uh, that's a second shout out I've given them. Bloody hell, I need to stop. Stop doing... it, Tom. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, I heard her on a, on another running related podcast. Um, that's better. And she's, she's so, she seems so lovely, so nice. She's obviously, you know, like a beautiful girl as well. And she's a phenomenal runner. Like people like that are so good for the sport, I think like genuine nice people who are also world class. Um, so yeah, I hope she continues to uh, or, yeah, continues on this upward trajectory and we see a challenge on like the, the world stage this year and over the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, yeah out if you're listening, just so I'll get in touch. Um, yeah, do you guys want to go through uh, any of the other results?
1: What else have you got on here? The Isle of Man. Yeah, what's all that? <laughs> you never heard of that
2: you never heard
0: of I know where the Isle of Man is, but I haven't heard of the Easter Festival Ten oh. K Friday Hill race.
2: Oh, you guys really ain't 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 hardcore running fans. Look up go in your own time. Make sure you look up Isle of Man Easter Festival. This is one of the longest standing running festivals. It's like embedded in British uni running culture. There's blokes that have been going there since they were at uni all the way until like you know, they're still going now and they're like 30, 40 years old. It's mm, massive really. with like Leeds, Manchester, um, Edinburgh, Cambridge, like loads, loads of big unis that are into their running. Um, always go every year. Uh, it's always over Easter weekend. There's a 10K on the Friday night. There's a hill race on the Saturday morning. And then there's a 5K on the on the Sunday. People like Johnny Meller had the course record until it was broken this weekend. Like it's a pretty, pretty serious event. Um, I went in. 20- next year? I went yeah, here. that sounds great fun. It's on on the is it on the Sat yeah on the Saturday you do the hill race in the morning and then it's a, a bar crawl slash bar no. run so it's basically you're going across the Isle of Man it's it's ten and a half miles and you just stop at pubs the whole way around it took we're doing got, that we
0: we've we've gotta to got to do that next time. year I'll send you a
2: Strava I'll send you a Strava afterwards of a bloke who's just done it yeah. and he just kept his watch running the whole way eight hours eight, eight hour <sighs> it was thirty minute miling. <laughs> <What> if-
1: <laughs> we're hearing of this but like, we've got to go
2: yeah i went in 20 20-
1: oh kpb
2: God. um well it's not my 10 kpb anymore but it was at the time on the um the friday race so yeah and it's decent prize money as well they pay down to like like eight or ten places so i think for for entry to three races you pay about 35 or 40 quid for all three entries so if you place in the top 10 in one of them you basically get your money back it's pretty good wow um so yeah there was new the, the results i wanted to mention was there's new course records in the 10K, which was Scott Sterling. He ran 29.38 and beat Johnny Meller's record that goes all the way back to 2007. And then Alice Goodhall ran 33.05. Um, she's from Edinburgh. Um, so when this is on the Friday, now obviously we're recording on Sunday, so all three races have happened. Alice Goodhall actually won all three races and got a course record in each three of them, the Friday, Saturday, and the no Sunday. No way. Wow. She's there. She's 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 a serious runner. Like she runs for you know GB under twenty threes. She was thirteenth at Euros. Serious runner. Um, but yeah, that's pretty impressive. Three races on the bounce. Three course records. She's collecting some some big cash wonga for that. So shout out Alice.
0: Yeah, good job Alice. Wow, that is, that's a cool story for the pod.
2: Yeah, but seriously, I implore anyone to look up the Isle of Man Easter Easter Running Festival because it's a uh, yeah a class event. People we'll do sign it up and we'll
1: sure. be there next year. Yeah, it's done. That is like in the calendar already. 100%. Maybe
2: game. we can do a little brand deal with them or something.
1: Yeah.
0: Be good to do a bit of race race coverage. If anyone wants us down at their their local 5k, then, uh, yeah, you know, money talks.
2: Yeah, I'm actually commentating, but for free <laughs> next week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I guess money doesn't talk in that situation. I just talk for no money. But it'll be good. Yeah, hence <laughs> we <laughs> are on the
0: podcast where we yeah. also make no money. But anyway. Yeah,
2: yeah. shout out Keith for that one. And the final race result I've got, I don't know if you guys have anything else. I don't think there's that many races this week was a tiny tiny little one, but I felt uh, like I wanted to put this in, was it was the Watford Harriers Open meeting, which is pretty meaningless in the grand scheme of things. But for some of the junior athletes that are trying to get the qualification times they need for English schools, I know we have some listeners of that age. um, They were were going there to the early races, try and get some. And two lads from Cambridge, the club that I'm at, um, went and did it. George ran 4.02 for 1,500. Pretty good at 17 years old or 16 years old. And... Liam, who's the same age, ran 8.37 for 3K. So they're pretty fast. Rapid stuff. People their age. So don't know if, you know, people from Cambridge listen, but shout out to those kids. Good work, lads. Well done. Probably be in bed at the time of recording. Anyway. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> I don't think they're listening live. It'll probably be all right.
2: No, we do have some live listeners. My neighbours can probably hear.
1: Fair enough. Um, on that note, should we move on to some um, some lovely listener questions?
2: Well, yeah. Should we do the listener shoutouts first?
1: Yeah, all right. Go on in. You, you, you out.
2: hit them, Tom. Hit them up. Go
1: on. I'll kick it off. So, first of all, we got Nick. Now, you might remember Nick from last week's episode, who ran a Tequila 10K, and we were trying to figure out where this race was, and we thought it was in Florida, but it's actually in Scotland. Um, and the course record for anybody wondering, <laughs> including salt and lime, is thirty-three forty. Um. So yeah, I he went far off enough. it then. I think. Um. I think we need. A run it three ways podcast, tequila right, 10k tour where we go to all of these. Like, we'll go to the Isle of Wight White, White race that you just mentioned. We'll go to the tequila, you know, 10K. It's, in the
2: Isle of, it's in the Isle of Man, mate. Isle of Wight is motorbike racing, Isle of Man.
1: right? We'll go to the cheese rolling thing and throw ourselves down a hill, yeah, uh, wherever that is. That's near me, I think. I Do think it's all... a
0: Netflix series, mate.
2: No, no, it's not a Netflix series, it's um. What's he called? Tom. Who's that guy you shared a reel of earlier today? Oh on yeah,
1: uh, Zach. Zach also. Zach also.
2: Zach also. That's him. He's got a series where he does all these weird things in the UK. Here. It's
1: on YouTube. Oh TV.
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, what's yeah. what's the channel called?
1: Zach and Jay Show. Yeah, the
0: Zach and Jay Show. Yeah. Wow,
1: quality videos. If anybody is uh, is up for a laugh, by the way. But yeah, we should do a running equivalent of that stuff, like little little challenges and a little tour. Anyway, that was Nick. Um, in other news, James. Has been browsing his Strava segments whilst he's out in Portugal. I'm imagining on a on a training camp of sorts, and he's found himself on a leaderboard next to Jimmy Gressier and Yemma Crippa. Yemen Crippa, not bad company to keep. On so Strava, this,
2: when when this guy sent it in, he sent a screenshot and with his message. And I was looking at his username and obviously James, whatever he was called. And then I'm looking at the screenshot he sent thinking, he surely only sent me it if he's like beaten them. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but the guy at the top ain't called him. And I looked at it. He sent this in, right. But he's 63rd on the leaderboard. on, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not that he's beaten Jimmy Gressier or Cripper, which I was looking out for. This is completely my presumption. Like, oh, look, he's, he's got one over on him. It just was them. They've run the same route before. They're in the
0: same but, place. Wow. Yeah,
2: the reason I included this, because I thought, actually, that is actually really cool. And I remember I've done the same in Leeds when, I, when I've when ran some new routes when I used to live in Leeds. And I used to see the Brownleys always on there. And I used to think like, oh, you know, like, I can if I'm training here, and this is where Alistair Brownlee used to train or has trained before, like, that's pretty cool. So I think for... You know, I don't know how fast or slow James is, but the fact that he's training and he can see that professional, you know, literal European record holders have been plodding on the same roads as him. I actually think it's pretty inspiring. And you don't get yeah, that yeah. I got you. you don't get that in many sports, do you? No. Like you don't you're never on a field and you think, Oh, I wonder if Rashford's been kicking a ball around on air. Do you know what I mean? There's no evidence, <laughs> is there? So no,
0: like <laughs> he hasn't put it on Strava, that's for sure.
2: No, yeah, literally. Um, so shout out Strava, sponsor of Strava, actually. We always shout you out. Literally, we go through training weeks every week
1: yeah that'd be nice wouldn't it that would be Um, nice finally cole gibbons cole cole running on youtube and instagram never heard of him (laughs) um he is his first ever 100 mile week this week and i know that cole had some injury issues earlier in the year and went through some shit as a result of it um so yeah shout out to you cole for getting back back on the horse Um, yeah well
0: done mate hope you're having a nice time
1: yeah, And
2: I, I, I also want to shout out Cole because he's strong, his driver, I went to have a look at his 100 mile week and his week before it, not the most traditional build up, 64 miles.
1: <laughs> Quality. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it like just shows when you're loving running and you just want to keep running. You just when in Portugal. Do it, you just sometimes just got to do it.
1: Yeah. And he always, he, he quite often shares the podcast on his Instagram story and stuff. So um yeah, always, always You He better share it. this one. Yeah, go on Cole, give us a share, give us a shout out check yeah. in
0: your latest video as well why not
2: <laughs> yeah so if anyone has we'll try and make this a weekly thing if you've got if anything funny happens to you or you do something particularly good or bad just ping us a message on the instagram and we'll shout you out as you can see we don't have to use your surname so if it's incriminating or anything you'll be fine um, but yeah we'll we'll try and do a few of these shout outs every week i think it's a pretty pretty nice little feature
0: yeah definitely moving on to what, some I... some listeners questions
2: yeah fire away ben
0: okay so we'll start off with lucas he has been injured for five weeks. Any advice about how, how to get back
1: to running? No. <laughs> but um, I feel your pain, Lucas. You boys can answer this one.
2: Well, I, the reason that I think this is a good question for, based on our podcast is you need to determine why you're injured, basically. Yeah. So what, one, what is the injury? So go and see someone that knows about injuries or like in Tom's case, you might have to see multiple people to find out what's wrong. And then once you've found out what the actual injury is, try and piece together why you have had that injury. So for example, if you're always, if it's an illness and you always find that you've got a cold or you're tired or you're fatigued or that, or stuff like that, then you might think, okay, what's my diet like? When do I go to bed? Like think about what the root cause of that could be. Similarly, if you've got shin splints, think, okay, do I always go running on hard services? Have I maybe increased my volume a little bit too quickly? Try and work out what the, the root cause is. And then before you come back to any running, I would make sure that you tackle whatever that root cause is or put something in place to prevent the same thing happening again. Because so many people take all the time off that they need to recover, which is fantastic. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is rest. But then they build up in the exact same way, thinking the rest will have solved their problem and just fall into the exact same pitfalls. So, yeah, actually work out what's wrong with you would be what I would say, Lucas. Um, and then do loads of cross-training before you start running again because you can get really fit. Your heart doesn't really know the difference between what movements you're doing. If your heart rate's high, then it's high. It doesn't matter through what means. So just, yeah, try and get a little bit of fitness back before you start running because then it won't feel as horrible when you do.
1: Just on that, quickly, not not as contradictory advice, but I got told, um, which I thought was really, really useful. Um, I can't remember who told me this, but not to get if you're injured for a prolonged period of time, like Lucas is here for five weeks, don't get too fit with your cross training to the point where you come back to running too fit for your body to be able to handle it and you start running too quickly out the gate. Because I think um, it was Matt, actually, Matt Reese again, who, who said he, he made that mistake before where he got really, really fit on the bike and on the cross trainer, came back to running and his body wasn't, like his bones and ligaments weren't used to the impact, but he was fit enough to run, you know, quicker um so yeah i think definitely cross train definitely keep up some level of of base fitness but maybe don't get too fit or too yeah yeah or maybe don't
0: transition straight from cross training to running you know do a bit of cross training and running when you're building back into it yeah
1: exactly yeah good stuff
0: nice there's also another pretty interesting question here from uh ewan he he says who would win in a hundred mile race if you all had a year to train for it?
1: Do you know what? I'm <laughs> I'm basing this off absolutely nothing, but I'd, I'd back myself in a hundred mile race.
0: Okay, what's the what's the reason for that?
1: Um, I don't know. I just I think I think I could pull it together. I think I think I'd quite enjoy the masochistic nature of a hundred mile race. A slog. Yeah, I think I'll
0: do all right. Fair enough. I'm I'm going to, again, um, <laughs> brush Callum's ego and think he... I reckon he'll probably take the win. Nah, He's a dog. Not He's an miles. animal. Thanks, I Ben. I
2: didn't, ex- I didn't expect you to say that, Ben. I thought you were going to back yourself, in which case my response was going to be really like...
0: Absolutely not. I was going to say
2: there's, I was say there's not, a, not a world where I don't win. But actually, seeing as though you've been nice to me, I'm going to take it with a bit more humility I'm going to say yeah maybe I'd just edge it yeah maybe i just edge it
0: just edge it in the last ca- in the last mile
2: Tom Tom, Tom look right 100 miles <laughs> Tom you're going to break down you've only got a year from now to train
1: no no no, no, no. you not do
2: 100 miles in a year Ugh.
0: yeah we're going to have to settle this aren't we boys <laughs> <Should> we do- <laughs> there's only one way to do it
2: yeah we do 100 miles
0: end all of our careers on the dot <laughs>
2: Feel like Ben, Ben, you'd be able to like, Ben that, that time Ben did an ultra, a guy ran past him and he just couldn't help himself from going too fast. So I feel exactly. like you could really low bed in, you could trick him and just do a six minute mile or something. Oh, I'm like, there
0: tomorrow if it if it needs to be done.
2: Uh, like I would miles not stop. well,
1: I would not stop. Honestly, like I would do it yeah, right you now. You would be
2: going fast enough. It's not about stopping. We're all going to be giving it our best. What I'm saying is like not stopping is one thing. That's like you know, that's fine. But it's what pace to the finish way. line.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. I
2: might no. just sit and kick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a little burn up. If you did life. that, I would never speak to you again. <laughs> I just walk behind
2: Ben at each like just the whole way, just like stopping at all the aid stations. So you stop and stuff, and then just wait like two minutes ago, just dusting I'd go off at suicide
0: in. pace though. That's the difference. I'd be yeah. off the front, and then you just go past me after about twenty miles, I reckon.
2: I actually think Tom could win this based on how much me and Ben would be trying to put each other off.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'd be trying to put each other in the in the dirt, and Tom will just be like the little the tortoise that yeah. comes past at the end. I'll see you later, lads. You're all broken, and and he ends up winning it.
1: I think it's it's totally down to mental toughness. That 100. Yeah, like yeah, Tom and I no. I mean, you need up some up physical
0: away. strength otherwise you're going to be a bit buggered, <laughs> aren't you?
2: And you need tactics. Tactics is massive.
1: Yeah. I think we've got to settle it at some point. Not any yeah. fancy. No. Um
0: well if either of you fancy like laying down a hundred mile sort of time to be, um, I'll consider it.
1: Andy's gonna absolutely love listening to this, by the way. Me sat there <laughs> with a sacral stress fracture, like, yeah, let's have a fucking hundred mile race. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you you're backing yourself to win it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. I'll oh, stand right. by that.
0: All right, well, I don't think we'll ever see the day that we, we race 100-milers, but we never you
2: know. You have to yourself, though, because imagine entering a 100-miler, right, just a three-person 100-miler and being like, yeah, I don't <laughs> think I can win this. What a
1: waste of time and energy. <laughs> the only thing I couldn't do is the navigation. Like, the route would have it'd have to be an out and back.
0: Oh, here we go. <laughs> 50-miler. Fun. Turn around.
1: I'd, I'd, d- I wouldn't, there's no way I'd be able to do one of these ultras where you've got to navigate the course yourself or where you're by yourself for... Uh, like miles and miles at a time. I would need, if I had someone there with me, there's no chance I would stop, no matter if what. It's, but... if,
2: it's on, if it's on a treadmill with super shooters, Ben and win, I reckon.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Treadmill, I've got that in the bag.
1: Yeah.
2: How long does the treadmill go before it turns itself off, if it can still detect a person? Only
0: like, an so? hour in my gym. I have to restart it. Really? Yeah, not the best. But I reckon we can, we can get a decent treadmill. We can get one of those, you know, them fancy ones that they break the records on sure yeah, they, self- they'll hook us up
2: self-powered maybe at london marathon expo we do a little poll who would win at it. let the people decide get yeah, a little okay. uh get a little ipad going around with some uh interactive <laughs> survey monkey on it
0: another question how much would you have to be paid Callum, to run a hundred mile race tomorrow
2: G- genuinely like it'd have to be a, it'd have to be like a life-changing amount
0: go on then how much
2: well, it'd be well. I'm not gonna dive dab- divulge into my personal finances. <laughs> it'd, have, it'd, it'd have to be a two grand. You there? it is that per mile? Sorry. No, it'd, that's a lot. Have, it'd have to be um like a chunk where I think I'm an idiot, and the people around me are gonna think I'm an idiot if I don't take this. Do you see what I mean? a hundred yeah. miles will real also if it's just to complete it, that's not the end of the world. If it's to race it all out, that is like gonna ruin your body, right? Especially if you've done no training. Yeah, but...
0: you'd have thought so. You'd probably not run again for the rest of the year.
2: But I did to be fair. What when... the reason why I think I'd be pretty decent that this right is when I was younger, I think I was seventeen or maybe I was eighteen at the time. Have you heard of Endure 24? Yeah, if you've ever heard of those events like a it's a 24 hour race. Um but they also you can also do it as a relay team. And at my running club, they were doing it as a relay, so I was like, "Oh yeah, go on, I'll do it." And five of us did it, so I did forty-five miles in a, in in my slot. Obviously, you only run five miles at a time, so I basically did a session nine times five miles <laughs> in a day. You have to get up in the middle of the night and still do it and stuff like that. And I averaged six six minute miling for for the for the five minute for the five miles at a time. So that's why I think I'd be mm. all right. It.
0: Well done. Mm. I and think that's you- got to be.
2: Do You know the video you'd make out of that, mate. You'd be what a hundred miler. You'd be like, man, six minute miles for forty-five
0: miles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you should have made a video then. Should become a YouTuber,
1: and you know, you never know. Keep your eyes peeled. Careful what you wish for. Callum's going to be hitting the YouTube scene very soon, isn't he? Yeah, but coming for the crown,
2: not in a vlog capacity. I'll tell you that.
1: Anyway, um, there's a there's a very interesting question here from a tiller. Is that right? Tiller.
2: Yeah, yeah, Tiller.
1: Um, they want to know, uh, is there a toxic environment between runners? What?
2: I thought this was what? a good question. So this guy, I know the guy that sent in this question and he's not from a, like a running background, doesn't know that much about running. He'd say that himself. Um, okay. But he's, re- he's really into sports and he's like, you know, it just interests in that dynamic of it. And it, the reason why I thought this was interesting is because we are like all involved in different aspects of the running community, right? Where like when we race, we really do race against people and we want to do as well as possible. And sometimes that means that because you want to do well, do you ever want other people to not do well? Do you see what I mean? That's the way I took this question because I was thinking, yeah. about it. I was like, look, do I want, um, let's do an example. Um, do I want Jake Whiteman to go and win a winner of world championships? Yes, 100% but if I'm at British champs and I'm against Jake Whiteman, do I want him to fall on the inside so I can get through to the final? 100%. I don't think that's, I don't think that's toxic. I think that's just being competitive. I don't go outside and, I don't go outside and run every day in the pouring rain just to be like, Oh, this is fine. Do you know what I mean? If I'm racing you, then I hope that, you know, I do better than you. And if that means that you don't do as well as you want to, then I'm sorry that that's, that's life. But, in do i do i sit and think like someone that i'm not racing am i like oh i really hope he has a shit one today Mm, maybe if i really don't like you but apart from that no do you know what i mean so does that make it toxic i don't know if that counts as a toxic environment but i definitely think there is it's not as happy clappy as everyone thinks running i think there is a cutting edge to it as well
1: and i think on like a more recreational standpoint the running community is it's a beautiful thing we've all experienced how good that community can be like how close-knit it is how easy it is to make like pretty close connections with with people that you might have only met a couple of times ever like Callum how many we've met each other what twice in real life ever is that right twice
2: maybe maybe three three times times. Yeah.
1: yeah um and stuff like that is is beautiful right but there's obviously like the less uh pleasant side of it as well where things get a bit clicky and you know, there's drama. There's obviously been a lot of drama recently over the last few months or so. So it, obviously it can be toxic when you've got that many people, um, some of which are type A personalities. Like there's going to be some clashing, but generally I think it's a pretty great place to be from a community standpoint.
2: Yeah, I think so. I was just looking up what a toxic in, like, a toxic environment is like Actually, actually labelled as and a toxic work environment is where there's negative behaviors such as manipulation, bullying, yelling, and so on. Um, Mm. And that's like in the culture of the organization. So I guess from that standpoint, obviously, if you think about like Nike Oregon Project and like the Salazar stuff, that would be described as like a toxic running environment. But other than that particular case, which is obviously extremely rare and famous, I can't think of anything on like the amateur level that you would describe as being toxic, right? Like I feel like nothing like that would really catch on. Like if you think about Parkram, for example, that's literally the opposite. It's like inclusive and friendly, which is the opposites of like bullying, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree on the whole, I think.
2: Ben, from a, from a creator's point of view, and obviously you get positive and negative comments, et cetera. Have you experienced any kind of toxicity?
0: Um, I can't really say I have. I've, I've, I don't know if I've touched on it once before I've got one nasty bloke on YouTube but out of a community of well not to brag like 48,000 people um <laughs> there's only a f- there's only like a few like negative comments that sort of circle around and the majority of the of the community that I'm part of as a runner is is very positive and I wouldn't say there's any toxicity at all really from, I think my, from my point of view
1: you don't attract it though because you're so like I've seen your approach to shit talking and and
0: yeah and i that. generally just get rid of it rid of i it, block it or don't allow it there to be a platform for it
1: exactly whereas there are certain people who almost invite that that toxicity they are uh, they'll post certain things on their or they'll get yeah. involved in stuff that they don't need to be in or jump in whatsapp groups that they've got no real place or business being part of just for a bit of juicy gossip to to tell other people about so i think if you're if you're if you attract that toxic environment then it can be very horrible i think yeah life, just like anything can in life but i think uh yeah if you if you do what ben does and um see running for you know the inclusivity side of things and whatnot like we've touched on i think on the whole it's a really lovely community to be part yeah. of oh, yeah
2: yeah i guess the, on- the only caveat is like I am. I, I'm trying to become more aware of like the specific situation that I'm in or that we find ourselves in, and actually there could be a lot of people that maybe see it differently to us. You see what I mean? Yeah. Like, you yeah. come at it from being reasonably talented runners relative to like the average person that goes to your park run. We're all men. We're all white. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. for, I'm not. I'm not trying to say there's a. a like I'm not trying to say there's a, something toxic out there when there's not, but for all we know, there might be loads of female runners that actually think, yeah, I actually hate going to X, Y, or Z or like, exactly. these, these set of events or like this organization I don't like going to for these reasons or whatever. So yeah, if, yeah, anyone, that's also if, a good if point, anyone out yeah. there wants to share and is far more mature and educated than us three and has an opinion on it, then do just email us because I don't want the podcast just to be like, us giving our opinion and saying it's fact and living in this little bubble. I actually quite learn- like learning from the people that message in and like tell us shit that's quite interesting. So, um, yeah, if you have an opinion on that, let
1: us know. I think that's a really important uh, and very wholesome little tidbit. Again, you've been good. You've been in good form today, Callum. I like <laughs> that because it's yeah, you're dead right. Like Get him to be- write the show notes more often. <laughs> <laughs> but when when these questions come in, it's obviously us answering them from a personal standpoint rather than trying to give a democratic answer that appeals to to everybody right it's our personal opinions on these topics so hopefully in due course we'll be able to get um guests on and get people on from different backgrounds from different environments uh so we can cover all bases on that front but yeah if you've got any conflicting opinions on anything that we talk about we're not closed off to it get get in touch um and uh let us know
2: I feel like that's quite a nice end to the listeners questions what do you think
1: yeah I um, think yeah probably. I think so Good place to end the podcast. We've been going for like an hour and forty minutes, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we
2: have. Yeah, we could only hear me for about ten percent of it. So no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right,
0: oh, then I'm finally to, to wrap it up, what have we got in the in the weeks to come? Anything well, to look forward to?
2: Ben, you've got the the big one, haven't you?
0: Uh yeah, I've got a little one. Another little race out in uh in America. I'm doing Boston Marathon not not next week, the week sort of it'll be in the week after because it's actually on a Monday. So, yeah, I've got nine days. No, when is it? Sunday, eight days now.
2: What What day are you flying out, sorry?
0: I'm flying out on Friday. Nice. And the race is on the Monday. So, yeah, should be enough day enough time there to acclimatise the time zone, hopefully.
2: Yeah, and at least you had the experience of going last year and being able to look around, see what it's like. Yeah, no, no I know myself. what I'm getting myself into. Yeah, which is great. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really jealous that I'm not there. Be, I was at the last two and it is just like, quality you know and yeah it's a mad like, atmosphere isn't it that's from like negative old me that like looks for flaws and stuff do you know what i mean it is just so good like america know how to do marathons i think
0: yeah and kip Choge is gonna be there as well cannot wait to to toe the line with him obviously completely different race but still gonna be incredible
1: yeah pretty good yeah. pretty good i'm excited for you for that Ben. i think it's gonna be a an unbelievable whirlwind of a trip that
0: yeah i'm glad you're not coming with me mate Oh
1: yeah, I'm I'm going to be in um in Germany. Oh, uh, you
0: know,
1: yeah. So you're you doing out there with Adidas, aren't you? I'm I'm going to be at the headquarters for the Addi Zero. Uh, oh, actually, no, I'm not. That's afterwards. What am I? Oh, not-
0: you can come then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was actually um, it was a consideration, but I think it's because I'm away the weekend after, and then the weekend after that is like London Marathon, and it's yeah. just. Yeah, it would just want
0: to spread too, the team too thin.
1: Yeah, and you know, I I do need to remember sometimes that I've got a four-year-old daughter that sort of I should see as yes. much as I can. Um, so yeah, it's it gets a little bit harder to justify these like big trips away to like Boston where you're out of action for you know four or five days. um but Yeah, instead I'm going to Manchester again. Coming? What in. are you
2: doing? What are you doing there?
1: um so we've got a shoot on the wednesday morning for under armor with the new velocity elite and then in the evening got an event with adidas again um like a there's a manchester youth what they call uh, manchester young professionals strange name for a running club if you ask me to be honest but they're um a really cool running club in manchester There's going to be like a little try on event where they get to try adios pro threes and stuff for a little run and they'll do some of the Manchester marathon course, which is happening this weekend coming now, isn't it? Um, Yeah. Yeah, it is indeed. So yeah, that's, that's me. I'm going to be in Manchester from Tuesday until Thursday. And other than that, um, hopefully get on the blower to this uh, bone specialist Rose and um, see, see what I can actually do from an action standpoint to get back. um, Yeah. Get back on the horse and on the road to recovery. So that's going to be me. I think
2: good stuff love to hear it well my plans are nothing running related I'm going to the Grand National next weekend bit of horse oh. racing
0: oh lovely um,
2: yeah that's uh, that's yeah, on the Saturday so yeah just training as normal actually I've got um, Charlie McCarthy's coming to my house tomorrow starting to uh, do a bit of filming for this first episode of the um, kind of summer racing series it's untitled uh, as, of, as of now great title um, yeah untitled as of now I know been very abstract um and then yeah Piece of art. training and stuff as usual for me and then yeah going to uh Liverpool for the Grand National which should be pretty fun have you got your
1: outfit sorted for that yet? yeah what it's pretty
2: wear? easy it's pretty easy for blokes isn't it you just wear, just wear a suit
1: oh Callum you gotta come on you gotta do something a little pocket watch maybe a little, little
2: <laughs> I'll wear my, my pen relays watch definitely <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear my gold I'll wear my gold pen relays watch
1: wear your GB backpack as well,
2: I, I actually I actually have got the pen relays watch like adjusted so I can wear it now. So that, um, that's that would be a nice little subtle flex for any running events. Remind me to to switch out the Coros for that.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Are you gonna have a little bet whilst you're there?
2: Yeah, I'll have a bloody big bet, mate.
1: Oh yeah. Ooh, okay. Not just one. Okay. Not well, that much that.
2: Yeah. So um yeah, should be a good week. All uh, I feel like this is a an exciting end to the podcast looking forward to so much ahead
0: yeah I cannot wait
2: oh just a note for the listeners because Ben is racing on Benny's racing Benny's running on the <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go on, on the Monday <laughs> and we're not sure when the podcast is actually going to come out right
0: oh yeah yeah it might be a little bit delayed next week
2: because we might do we're going to factor Boston into episode 18 surely right yeah. We've
1: got it. Yeah. yeah there's no point otherwise
2: so next episode tune in it's the Boston marathon episode woo woo
0: all right then, lads. I think that wraps it up.
2: Sweet boys, thanks Lovely a lot. Lovely speaking
0: it's to you good. as
1: always. Yeah, absolute pleasure. I'm going to go and eat some Easter eggs. I think.
2: Oh, what Easter eggs have you got? We forgot to say that.
1: Oh yeah, so I've got um, I've got a Nomo one to to get through. I bought it for myself um today actually.
2: What the hell is Nomo?
1: Nomo Probably some vegan thing in it. Yeah, is that like like... no milk or something? Yeah, right. Like that. But it's proper... out. right. Callum, no, no, yeah. no, no. tell me about a proper egg. I'm not, eating, really, I'm not honestly, eating chocolate. I'm on no, no, no. That it's health. It's great. Life. It's lovely. Try it. If you haven't tried it, try Nomo Bars. Try the caramel ones. You can get them in Sainsbury's. They come in a nice little yellow packet. They are so Are they expensive? Like, like are they expensive low. like all no?
2: vegan food?
1: Almond leg. All the only food. vegan
2: food that's not expensive is like lettuce.
1: Oh, please. <laughs> You've never eaten beans or potatoes or. Yeah,
2: those... oh, yeah, yeah. I do love kidney beans actually. Yeah, there
1: you go. love a little tin of kidney Basically. beans.
2: So, Ben, you're, you're not you're not doing Easter this year because you're giving up chocolate, is that right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I might have a couple after Boston Marathon, but until then, no no Easter eggs for me. I'm giving them all away. All right, you have Sad a egg on me,
2: mate. I have a poached one on me. Cheers, lad. I've got an elite selection actually. I've got a a mini eggs one, which is probably the best chocolate that exists. They should do it all year round. And then I've got a Dairy Milk fruit and nut as well, which is probably my favourite. Oh, very chocolate. nice. Yeah, it's probably. Yeah, I agree.
1: Ooh, that's a bit rogue, isn't it? Yeah, well, there you go.
0: It's not Easter egg. All right. Well, on that lovely note, if you want to submit your questions or get in touch with the boys, uh, you can do so at Runitfreewayspodcast at gmail.com or on the Instagram. Um, but I am bursting for a wee, so I'm going to wrap it up. I'll see you next week, boys.
2: See you later, bye. lads. Bye-bye. Love you. Ciao, bye. ciao.